Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Here we are this morning, Super Bowl Sunday, and today we are going to talk about inspiring and enjoy. But let's pray as we start. God, once again, we want to open up for what you have for us. And even as we talk about enjoying, Lord, I know that there are lives here that are absent of joy for various reasons, maybe struggling with issues, depression, uh, worry, fatigue. And Lord, I pray that this would be an opportunity for your joy to fill our lives. Again, thank you for allowing us not only time, but each other to be here and to encourage and strengthen one another. We do pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are continuing our series, Inspire. Remember, the word inspire is to breathe into. And the whole idea is breathing life into. Last week, we talked about how creating things is a way of inspiration that God is a creating God and he has created us with the ability to create. We are not only works of art, but we are artists at work. And it's part of his nature and it's part of what he has imparted to us. And one of the ways we get to experience God is in the process of creating. And it's not just about creating like paintings or music or things like that. We create atmospheres. We create moods. We are able to do a lot of different types of creating. And so it's not something that is limited. It's actually something that is able to be expounded in so many ways. And so this morning, I want to talk about enjoying. I want to talk to you about baby food, party theology, snow skiing, and cookies. Originally, when I was doing this series, Enjoy, I was going to entitle it Pleasure. But because I'm doing it with kids, I thought, I better use the word enjoy just because pleasure, I don't know. It just seemed like more kid-friendly, right? But the idea of enjoying and pleasure are very much connected. I mean, the word enjoy is to take delight or pleasure in an activity or an occasion. Ben was talking to me this morning, and he said, you know, the word enjoy is actually to create joy. And so he was telling me about how he had a cup of coffee and he just said, I'm going to create joy with this coffee. And so he held it with both hands to fill the warmth. And then he was smelling it and he was creating a moment there for himself of enjoying that time with the coffee, right? 
And the pleasure is a feeling of happy satisfaction and enjoyment. It is being able to take this moment that's happening and fully engage in it and get something out of it. And it's important to recognize these things, that enjoyment is something that is a part of who God is. In Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So this idea of fullness of joy and pleasures are connected to this path of life. When you hear the word God, do you think of the word pleasure? Do you think of enjoyment? What comes to your mind when you hear God? Because for many of us, I bet it isn't the idea of enjoying or pleasure. It might be, depending on your bringing up or how you're brought up, it might be rules, regulations, right? It might be Sundays in church. But the idea of fullness of joy and pleasure are connected to the presence of God. And how tragic it is that that's not how we think of God, if it's not. If that's the way you think, kudos to you. But for most of us, when we hear God, the name God, enjoyment and pleasure aren't part of what we think of. You know, I remember when my kids were small buying baby food, the Gerber baby food comes in the little jars, right? And you would get like bananas or peas or whatever it is. And of course, you've got to try it because you just, you, and so you get a little spoon and you taste it and it is the most disgusting stuff. (laughs) There is no flavor. It says bananas, but there's nothing that tastes like bananas in that. It's just kind of blah. There's no sugar. There's just nothing there. And you, no wonder the kids take it and they just like, blah, blah, blah. And then you give your kids ice cream and their eyes light up, right? It's like, bam, sugar hits them for the first time. Flavor, taste. Why do we have taste buds if it isn't to enjoy food? And now they have, you know, you make your own baby food or you can. Man, that's a lot of work, right? And they have whole other ways of feeding kids food that is healthy now and actually tastes good, right? My little grandson loves to eat. I love watching him eat because he's just piling it in. He's just grabbing by the handful and he even has a spoon. He doesn't use it all the time. He'll get the handful and shovel it in and hold the spoon with the other hand, kind of like, yes, I'm eating right now. (laughs) But he is enjoying his food. You know how sad it is that dogs don't have taste buds. They have an incredible sense of smell. And so it's through that sense of smell that they engage their food. Think how lucky we are that we have taste buds that we can distinguish between sweet and sour and savory. All these things that we get to enjoy. God has created us to be able to enjoy those things. Why can we see in color and distinguish between the green of the trees and the different leaves as they change color and fall? What's the purpose of all this if it's not to enjoy In fact, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9, 
and 10. Says he, God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. You see, the engine driving the revelation that God is bringing about is pleasure. Pleasure is the engine of God bringing his revelation to us and to the world. That it's something he is pleased to do. And again, I always think of the things that I do with my kids or now grandkids, right? I get such pleasure at doing things with them, seeing them do something, watching them enjoy something brings enjoyment to me. And that's, I believe, just a little bit of the taste that we see with who God is, that it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And so when you think of God, I want you to think of enjoyment. I want you to think of pleasure. I want you to understand that that feeling, that sense that you get when you see your grandson laughing and smiling or dancing funny is part of who God is. And what a a shame that our kids wouldn't think of that things that they enjoy as being something that is a part of who God is. Because it's so important. And you see, this frame of mind gives us a whole different understanding of theology. Turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 9 through 12. Let me set the stage here. Nehemiah has gone back from Babylon to Israel, to Jerusalem, to try and rebuild the walls because they've been destroyed. And as they are rebuilding the city, the people are coming together and they're bonding together in this effort. And as they start to rebuild the city, they come across an old Torah, the law that is there, something that they hadn't had for years. And Ezra, the priest, takes the Torah and he starts to read it out loud to the people. And the people hear the law that they had forgotten for years and they start weeping because they had not been keeping the law. There was no keeping of the Sabbath and all the traditions that were so rich to them had been lost. And so they were saddened. And it says in verse nine, Nehemiah, who was the governor and Ezra, the priest and scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Now, I want you to think of that. Stop right there. This day is holy to the Lord your God. What comes to mind? Sunday. Maybe it's solemn. This is holy. What does he say next? He says, do not mourn or weep. This is holy. Don't mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way. 
eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This day is holy. Get something to eat, get something to drink and share it with people. There's an expression of holiness. Sounds like Super Bowl Sunday. When did we think of holy as being something other than enjoying? Here's a holy day and they're supposed to eat some fat, which sounds amazing. Drink some wine and invite some people so that they can share it with it. And then he says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, God's joy is what gives you strength. That God is joy becomes what gives us strength. He goes on in verse 11, it says, so the Levites calmed the people saying, be quiet. In other words, stop your crying for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. This is party theology here. Holiness. Let's get something to eat. Let's get something to drink. And let's have a good time together. Why? Because it's holy. Right? I mean, who wouldn't want to go to church? We're going to have some pizza. We're going to have some beer. We're going to enjoy the football game. It's church. I won't get too carried away. But when did we think enjoying food, drink, and people was anything other than a place for holiness and God's joy to show up? Because that's exactly what's happening. When you think of a holy day, do you think eating, drinking? Why is it important? Some of the most memorable, even the holiest moments in my life were moments that were filled with joy. Right? The birth of my children, the grandchildren, graduation of the kids, sitting down with family, having time together, celebrating, you know, in holidays. Those are joyful times. Those are holy moments. Right? Anything that seems to have this overwhelming emotion seems to be a place where God shows up. You know, it's so weird because I was studying for talking about grief last night, and then I was also preparing to study about joy and pleasure tonight, and I felt like I was psycho, right? As like, oh yeah, we gotta talk. This is, you know, holiness is actually a time of grieving too. That's something heavy going on that's very intimate and personal where God shows up. But then I've got this other place here where, man, when you rejoice and everything is good is another time that God shows up. And we just start to see how big God is, the spance of who he is, where he is able to be present in those deep and dark moments. And he's able to be present in those light and heart and overwhelmingly joyful moments because he encompasses the whole thing. And to think that God would be just 
small and selected in a small place and not a part of this as well is missing who he is. So I think we need to, to change some of the things that we think about when we think of that. That God is the God of pleasure. Right? If we fail to understand that it is God who created us to laugh, to enjoy food, drink, friends, music, dance, sex, then we are failing to understand who he is. Now, I have no intention of teaching the Song of Solomon on a Sunday morning because I do not want to go there. I do not want to explain what the fruit is and why it's sweet. I'm not going to go there. But just to say, God has created all these things for us to enjoy. It's part of who he is. We get to see a glimpse of him through his creation. We should not limit God. And we should not stifle how he speaks into life by limiting our understanding of joy. Now, you start talking about this, and immediately people get a little bit nervous. Okay, well, okay, I understand enjoying, but, you know, you got to have some rules. you got to have some boundaries. You have to have some structure. All right, C.S. Lewis said that every vice is a virtue gone wrong. Think about that, right? There's nothing wrong with enjoying food, but it can turn to gluttony. There's nothing wrong with having a drink, but there is alcoholism. There's nothing wrong with sex and intimacy, but it can become perversion or some form of addiction. Every... Vice is a virtue gone wrong. I think of when I learned how to ski. When I was start snow skiing, I didn't go to the class, which I should have, right, on the bunny slope. I just went up the hill, and I got on the skis, and I didn't know how to slow down or to turn, Right? I found out later you're supposed to kind of, they call it cutting, right? You, you kind of give a little hop and you cut, and it keeps you from going down. And I saw people skiing, and I say, okay, yeah, they're going back and forth. Okay, I got it. I got on the skis. I started going down, and I started going like this, and pretty soon I was just going, I'm just flying down the hill, right? And I did a cartwheel tumble over. You're just like a big snowflake going down the hill, Right? I had to learn how to slow down. I had to learn how to cut. I had to learn how to turn so that I wouldn't eat it every time I went down the hill. You see, there is a moderation in everything. If you don't learn how to make that cut, you're going to go too fast. It's kind of fun for a while, but man, when you crash, it's like, okay, that's one way to stop. There's a better way to stop. There's a better way to ski. There's a better way to live. And enjoy. It's not to have excess. It's to enjoy in the boundaries that are healthy for life. And that's an important part of understanding. Because the problem isn't the things. It's the abuse of the things. Paul told Timothy, 
as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. See, Paul said, you know, there's people who rich who abuse their wealth and they depend on their wealth and they think the wealth is what's making them happy. And he tells Timothy, tell those who have money. See, it's not wrong to have money, but tell those who have money, don't trust in your money. Don't think the money is going to bring you the happiness, but the God who gives us everything to enjoy. I know people, especially in the training that I do, the dog training, I will go to homes that are multi-million dollar homes. I mean, they're just gorgeous. And the people are miserable. People are living in depression. They're over-medicated. They're, they're just dull in how they are living. Even though we'll have all the stuff. And then I'll go to a, a, an apartment that has two rooms and four kids. Put the math together, right? And there is so much joy. And the kids are giving me their toys. I had a kid put a little toy cat in my bag because I was a dog trainer and they thought I should have a cat. (laughs) See, it's not the money that brings the joy. It is the God who is able to give us the ability to enjoy all things because that's what he provides. He richly provides us everything to enjoy. You should highlight that word everything because that's what it means. Everything to enjoy. Verse 18, he goes on and he says, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. You see, there's a joy that leads to life, and there's an enjoyment of just the stuff. And God wants us to have an enjoyment that leads to life. And he tells us, it's the being generous, and that's what we saw in Nehemiah chapter 8. You have now give to those who have. Why? Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. There is a enjoyment that's had when you do these things. My children for Christmas got Kareen and I passes to Disneyland, right? And it was very touching because my mom who worked at Disneyland used to be able to get us into Disneyland. is not here anymore, but now we can go with them. You know what the fun is in going to Disneyland is taking the kids, Right, seeing their face. Now, sometimes, tomorrow I want to go by myself, right, with my wife. But sometimes it's the joy of seeing their face light up when they find out that Pluto's real. That's something to behold, right? There's a joy that comes in seeing others be lifted up. There's a connection there to who God is and these things that he does. See, fullness of joy comes to us 
when we become like the one who gives the joy. When we become generous, we experience a different type of joy. When we no longer just eat by ourselves, but we eat with others, we have a different kind of joy. Community brings joy. Getting together and talking to people and sharing life brings joy. And isn't this what Jesus did? You know, it's funny. You would think as followers of Jesus, we'd actually follow his example. There are 14 times recorded in scripture that Jesus is eating with people. And that's really quite a bit when you think of just the four gospels. And I want to look at one of those times right now in Luke chapter 5, verses 27 32. It says, after this, he, Jesus, went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at a tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. Now, this is Matthew. His name was Levi. He was a tax collector. And he told him, follow me. Now, back then, unlike now, tax collectors weren't seen in a good light. <laughs> And so there was this impression of who he was among the people. He was someone who benefited by abusing his authority with Rome on the people, his own people, the Jewish people. Jesus goes up to him and says, follow me. And in leaving everything, he rose and followed him. Verse 29, and Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors Imagine going there. Hey, I've got a party. The IRS is coming. You want to come, right? Yeah, sounds like a good time, right? The tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, there's one translation that says he had a banquet. This, it says he had a feast. What Matthew did was throw a party and invite his friends. And Jesus went. And we know this because of the reaction of the Pharisees who probably went in to crash the party. They probably felt like we're the Pharisees, we're the religious leaders, we can go into this place. I remember one time an event that was held where it was actually... uh, a party that was kind of held for me. And I was going there to meet with some friends and a pastor who wasn't invited showed up because he thought he could because he was the pastor, right? It's kind of what's happening here. So the Pharisees come and they just say, yeah, okay, we're here. What's going on? And then they started saying, why are you eating and drinking? Why? Because this is a party going on. What are you doing here? Acting like this with these people. And Jesus has his response. You see, all the times that Jesus is interacting with people, so many of those times is sitting down and eating, sitting down and having this kind of communication with them over food, over drink. He's having this kind of life with them. Why? Because that's how you engage with people. You enjoy the time together. You have conversations. Had some great conversations with people 
over food. Sitting down and sharing, having that time where you're not distracted by all these other things, where you're actually eating together. It's something that happened continually with Jesus. We see this also in Luke chapter 14, verses 16 to 24. Jesus gives this little story here. But he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to the house who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. I think that one's funny. The other one asked to be excused. The other one just says, I'm married. I can't. Verse 21, it says, so the servant came and reported these things to his master. And listen what he says. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, sir, What you commanded has been done and there still is room. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways, to the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. I wonder how many times people don't come into a relationship with God because No one invited them. No one said, hey, I want you to know that you are invited to be a part of what God is doing. I wonder how many times people don't go to church because they're not invited. I can remember times where I would not invite people to church because I didn't even want to go. And why would I invite someone to be at a place where I didn't want to be? Maybe we need to change what church is. And maybe we need to be willing to invite people to be part of it. You see, that's why we're doing all the things that we're doing. That's why we're doing the philosophy and critical thinking class that happens, I think, the third Thursday of the month. That's why we did the graffiti art and hip hop. That's why we're doing the Inspire for Kids. We're trying to bring a place and say, you're welcome to come. There was a lady who lives in the neighborhood in apartments over here. She came by last week and she said, what's going on here? And I said, oh, it's something for kids. We're doing, you know, last week it was the paint. And she goes, oh, how much does it cost? I said, it's free. She goes, can we come in? Yes. We need to go out to the highways, the byways and say, come in. This is for you. And you know what? She went and told her friend and brought her friend last week. That's what it's for. Are you welcome? You bet you're welcome. And I told them, I said, you know, this is a church. I'm going to share a little bit of thing, you know, a little bit at the beginning. I'm just letting you know, you know, I'm not here to surprise you or anything. Just letting you know. And she goes, oh, that's fine. 
And we get to tell them how much God loves them, that God created them, and that they were created in God's image, that they bear the image of God, and that when they create and they feel the joy of creating, they're actually experiencing what God does. And last week, we got to decorate cookies. And after they decorated the cookies, I told them, you know what that cookie is? That's something that you made and you enjoyed it because you have this creativity, creative ability. Now what you have to do is you have to eat your cookie. And one of the girls said, I don't want to eat it. It looks too good. I said, no, you have to eat it. Because you have to participate in what God is doing and understand that that's how you enjoy it. You see, it's one thing to watch people swim. It's another thing to get in the water and swim. It's one thing to watch people dance. It's another thing to dance if you can dance. It's one thing to watch the Food Network. It's another thing to eat the meal. Karina and I had a a night out last week. We went to a nice place and got a steak that was so good. (laughs) It's the meat seller in Claremont. And it was so enjoyable. You see, I had seen, I forget where, might have been just my imagination, someone cutting, no, it was on a video. Someone was cutting steaks and they were like so tender. And I just thought, I need steak. It was like, I just feel it. And we went and it did not disappoint. See, it's one thing to hear about Jesus. It's another thing to walk and live like Jesus. And what Jesus did was enjoy people. He sat with them. He ate with them. He invited them to be a part of what he was doing. What good is it to come here if it's just us? If the door isn't open and we say, come inside, you are welcome here. Well, I don't believe. You don't have to believe to belong. We'll go to the highway. We'll bring whoever's in. If there's still room, go further and bring more people in. You see, what Jesus is saying is, I want you to reach the people who think that they don't have a place and tell them that they do. I want you to get the people who think God would never want me there and let them know there is a table waiting for you and I'm inviting you to be a part of it. That you can enjoy this. And this is what it means. Jesus is calling people, not so they can live less, but so that they can live more. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. Have it to the full. God didn't come just so that he could save us from going to hell. He came to give us life that is full, that is rich, that we get to enjoy. And I can enjoy life even in difficult times. I can enjoy life with people who are struggling. I can enjoy going through those things with you. Why? Because 
there is something amazing happening when we connect to the God of joy and the God of pleasure. He is able to give us insight. And even as we read earlier that he is working all things out to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ, that I have the understanding that God is doing something because he's got a plan for you that is good that is filled with hope. And you might not see it now, but the time is coming when you'll be able to look back and say, huh, look what God did. Because he's gonna rewrite this story that you and I are in. But I don't want to be in this story alone. And so we need to invite people. We need to open the doors. We need to allow this to take place. You know, funny thing, I wasn't gonna share this, but... It's embarrassing to me for, that's why I wasn't going to share. For the graffiti art and hip hop night, there was an invitation that was put out and I copied the invitation and on the invitation it said BYOB. And I thought, huh. And I've been in the church so long that I had always heard BYOB is like, bring your own Bible. Right, And I thought a paint night, and I thought, okay, bring your own brush. I don't know what it is. And I forgot that BYOB is bring your own beer, right? I totally forgot that. And it's like, oh, my gosh, how sheltered have I been that I forget something that simple? And I'm all thinking, bring your own brush? Well, okay, I guess, you know, telling people, bring your own brush. What kind of brush do I need? I don't know. But And then I get there, and I see people with beer, and I go, oh, Here I am with a bunch of brushes. <laughs> Come on in. You're welcome here. Hey, you don't understand all the baggage I carry. No, I, it's okay. Come on in. Well, you know, I don't believe in God. It's okay. Come on in. Have a good time here. Because this is a safe place for you. And the joy that I have in the Lord, the joy that God gives that is now my strength, I want it to be your strength. Because you're struggling, you're hurting, the joy of God can be your strength through that hurt. The difficulties you're going through, I want you to see the joy of God in this place. And I want you to experience it. Let's eat, let's paint, let's talk. Let's engage. See, it's not about having church. It's about walking like Jesus. It's party theology. It's inviting people to come in and partake and enjoy that time with them. The agenda is to love. That's the only agenda, is to love. Come here and we will love you. And we will make your kids eat cookies and paint, and laugh, and dance, and have poetry, and express themselves in all the wonder and beautiful ways that God has created us, because he's created us to enjoy. Amen? Let's pray.
Lord, may we understand that at your right hand is fullness of joy. In your presence is pleasures forevermore. May we explore what that means in our lives. And may we invite people to participate in what you're doing. God, I pray that a whole lot more will start to just grow out of what we're doing here. Whether it's paint nights, whether it's philosophy, whether it's Bible teachings, whether it's dancing, poetry. Lord, that all these things will be expressions of how good, creative, and pleasurable you are. And Lord, may your joy strengthen us today. Even as we talked last night about grief, Lord, your joy is able to be our strength through the difficulties that are in our lives today. Lord, I do pray for the marriages that are struggling. I I pray for the health that is still failing or needing healing. May your joy be strength. May they find joy even in a little time, a little laughter, a little meal. And may it be a strength and a, a reminder of your presence with us that we are able to laugh. And what that is, is just us swimming in you once again. Thank you for joy. Thank you for pleasure that you give and the life that you give in your son abundantly. In whose name we pray, amen. Let's stand together. May you not merely believe, but may you walk in the joy that Jesus has for you. May you experience the pleasure of God in your life. May you freely give it to those around you. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Enjoy your day. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.